They said, I just want to do something that's just really low stress and I just get out of the house and, and do something and feel like I'm, I'm helping society get that part-time job. And maybe you only do it for two years, maybe five years, but um, whatever you want to do, get out and do it and it'll make your retirement plan even more solvent. It's time for the Retirement Reality Podcast with the founder of Principal Preservation Services, Mike Koyanen. Hey, everybody. Welcome into another edition of Reality Retirement Podcast with Mike Coyanen, founder and owner at Principal Preservation Services. And I am back on the podcast again this week, hanging out with you, Mark Killian, your guest host, uh, sitting in for Ben George. we got a great show lined up. We're going to talk about opportunities for retirement's late bloomers. So we're going to see what that's all about. We'll take some email questions as usual. And you can find all this information at the website, principalpreservationservices.com. That's principalpreservationservices.com. We'll have the podcast posted up there. And, of course, you can find out a lot about what Mike's got going on on the events tab, the resources tab, lots of good stuff there you can check out at the website, principalpreservationservices.com. Mike, thanks for having me back on. It's uh, Thanksgiving. How you doing? Yeah, we're doing great. Thanks for uh, being back on as well. You did a great job last time and expecting good things here. Uh, again. Appreciate it. Are you a Thanksgiving guy? This is our Thanksgiving episode, so... Yeah, I do like uh, Thanksgiving. I like the food, and I like football and family. <laughs> you so you get the three, you know, food, football, family. There it's, you go. Uh, it's a good time, and we also always take that day after Thanksgiving off, so uh-huh. we're not in the office that Friday, so we have a nice four-day long weekend. It's a nice break before, hopefully, major snowfall. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I think it's my favorite holiday, I think, for for those three reasons, which is certainly good. I also think it's just a little less pressury than Christmas. I think once we get past Thanksgiving, Christmas gets a little bit pressure, right? You're trying to find the perfect <laughs> gift and all these things. And right. if you as your kids were growing up, that can be stressful if you just gotta get up and wake you know, build a bike at, you know, four in the morning. Oh my <laughs> all goodness. Those kinds yeah. of things. So I think it's a little less pressury. So I think Thanksgiving has been my favorite holiday for a number of years. So uh, thanks for tuning in on this episode. Maybe you're catching it around Thanksgiving. Maybe you're not. But either way, we're going to uh, talk about these opportunities for retirement's late bloomers. So, Mike, what this is is basically, you know, if you're close to retirement, you don't think you've saved enough money, which many people are in that boat. It's often not as bad as they think it is. They need to come in and find out. But there are some ways, so don't fret, right, to maybe get in a better shape if you are a bit of a late bloomer, so to speak. Let's start with the catch-up contributions. That's a great place. You and I talked the last time I was on the show about 50 kind of being the unofficial kickoff to thinking about retirement. And um, they give you a few nice things you can really kind of pad the accounts once you turn 50. Correct. Yeah. And so, again, just you know, set the stage. There's a lot of people who have come to me at, you know, maybe they're a business owner and things didn't work out. Maybe they're um, went through divorce. They're on their own. And, you know, they had to split their assets and um, or lost assets or bad divorce, a lot of attorney fees, a lot of things that could have happened. Could have even been a medical issue. They spent a lot of money, but getting some late starts to saving, uh, late starting to saving. So yeah, this catch-up contribution at age 50, mm-hmm. um, if you have IRAs, Roth IRAs as well, uh, you can add another $1,000 uh, contributions into your IRAs starting at age 50. So right now in, in 2021, $6,000 is a maximum contribution to an IRA or a Roth. You can't do 6000 to each uh, it's one or the other, a combination of that. But once you're 50, you can do 7,000, which is, it helps a little bit. Where you're going to see the biggest changes in these 401ks, 403bs, TSBs type accounts, these employer sponsored plans, 
uh, you can put an additional $6,500 catch up. So you, uh, that makes a big difference. 26000 a year is the maximum contribution in these employer-sponsored plans once you're age 50. And that's going to make a huge impact. Let's just say you start at 50 and you have zero. If you're going to work till uh, 65, you have 15 years to put in possibly, you know, over $25,000 yeah, exactly. a year. That's a huge impact you can make. Yeah, especially over 10 years, right? If you Or 15 years, whatever you want to call it. If you're 50 and you're planning on retiring at 65 for easy math or, you know, 10 years for easy math, it makes a nice chunk. So it's a great way if you're a bit of a late bloomer, if you feel like you're behind, uh, to catch up a little bit. Another place, Mike, is we were talking about this. I had just turned 50 uh, not too long ago. My daughter's off. Uh, she's in the Navy, so she's off the payroll. Mm. You know, okay. so yeah. um, matter of fact, she pays uh, she pays our cell phone bill now. So, you know, <laughs> woohoo, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Kids off the payroll. That's a good one. Um, you know, a lot of the parents are not cutting the cord, you know, so to speak, you know, the physical <laughs> cord from the kids, even when they're, you know, after college, you know, so I understand college is expensive and you're paying for their cell phone or you might be paying for part of their, their schooling as well. But um, if they're making income, they should be able to, to pay these bills and they're going to grow up faster when they have uh, understand the responsibility and they'll appreciate what mom and dad have been doing mm-hmm. for for them all over the years because you know a cell phone bill isn't cheap anymore and car payments and car insurance right yeah that was her statement yeah she was like let me pay this we were like hey go for it yeah that's great and we've just you know had that with our third oldest she just got married a few months ago oh, and now the car insurance is in her name great uh you know her uh um, cell phones in her name awesome so she's she's off the deal so and that's a great um, place to add that extra money right because it it adds up it does add up yeah yeah and when i don't know if you know mark but we have nine kids and six kids are at home oh right my. now no and so um you know we have the three oldest are married now uh but we do still have six 19 years down to twin eight-year-olds at home yet so we still have a lot of kids on the payroll yeah yes, <laughs> right you now do. but yeah. but it's strategically going to be coming off the payroll here and you know through the years and it'll make it a lot easier yeah very true well yeah a lot of us aren't in that situation that's that's amazing by the way congratulations on on all those children that's fantastic yeah, uh but for a lot of you know a lot of folks right they've got a couple of kids or whatever and by the time you're in your 50s typically they start to come off right so it is a great way to add some extra money to that bottom line to those retirement accounts to you know kind of pad those things up might be a way you can feed those catch-up contributions that we were just talking about or yeah. maybe Right. If you make too much, that's when you're talking with your advisor about some other ways to save. So yeah, and make sure you. And if you're paying for them, and some people uh, feel they're obligated to keep paying for their kids, uh, you know, bills. And I just had this um, couple came in here just recently, mm-hmm. and their daughters in their mid thirties, and they're still paying her rent. Oh no! And um, unfortunately, I said because your expenses are so high, you're going to run out of money in your mid 80s mm. and they they were shocked because they said why i said because you're paying <laughs> $24,000 a year for rent that you shouldn't be paying. Right. Yeah. Um, and so if you took that off, you wouldn't run out of money. But because you are paying these bills, you're going to run out of yeah. money. So it's a choice they have to make. That's a great point as well, because often we get stuck in this scenario where, and it's very cyclical, because if we wind up doing too much for our kids, and in many cases, like my mother's 80, so I, I help out my mother. So thankfully, I'm not helping my mother and my daughter, right? Because we get into this trapped scenario right. where uh, you're doing both and you are sacrificing your own retirement. And it's not that you, we don't want to help or we, you know, those types of things, but 
at some point it comes back around because then we might be in a bad situation later. Now we have to lean on those kids at a time when they maybe can't, they're no longer kids. Maybe they're in their thirties or forties and they've got their own family. So exactly. it's very cyclical. You got to be very careful there. All right, let's uh, let's keep moving along here. Another place, another opportunity, Mike, disappearing debt. Uh, again, if we're in our 50s, let's just go with the scenario. If we're in our 50s, the kids are off the payroll, we're catching up. You're also probably, hopefully, making the most that you've made. So you, you know, might be socking away. Uh, we just, My wife just finished paying off our boat uh, just a couple of you know weeks back. And so we finally got that thing off, right? So we've got this, you know, what do they say about a boat? You know, bust out another thousand. Uh-huh. Uh, so we, we've got that paid for. But we're at that stage now where, you know, she paid off her car a few months ago. So those things start to disappear. Yeah, we should become more wise with our, our finances and our budgeting as we get older. So hopefully, you know, when you're in that you know, 50 age range, um, you're not going to be the one that's going to keep using the credit cards too much. Hopefully. hopefully. We've, we've learned from our mistakes right. from, from years past. So, yeah, typically, you know, you're also in that age bracket where you're probably at the peak of your income, some of the higher highest income you've ever been at as well. So mm-hmm. that coupled with being smarter with your money, paying off debt, getting rid of those credit cards, getting close to have your house paid off somewhere in your 50s, hopefully that's the goal. That's going to free up a lot of positive cash flow to be investing more as well. You have limitations what you can put in your 401ks and your IRAs, but there's also non-qualified accounts that you can put your money as well, that you can put aside money for retirement. So um, yeah, debt is a big one, whether it's the mortgage getting paid off, getting rid of the credit cards, um, I'm to the point in my life where we pay cash for cars. We don't take out loans unless the interest rate is going to be uh, zero to you know, maybe two percent or two point nine. I'll borrow their money and and you know invest my money to make more money. So it's just being smart with your money. If you have the ability to pay cash or you uh, can borrow somebody else's money to make better returns, we'll do that. Um, so just being smarter with your money, and I think freeing up that cash flow will, will give you a, a big head start. We've see, Again, I've seen clients who are never made more than 60000 a year have multi-millions of dollars and, and also got late starts. Oh, wow. So a lot of it. you know. So I, I met with a gentleman here last three, four weeks and um, went through a couple divorces, actually. Never made over sixty sixty five thousand 65000 a year, something like that. And he's got like $3 million. And wow. he, all he did was just be consistent in what he was doing. And when he had money, he just was disciplined putting that money aside. Yeah. I mean, a, stra- a good strategy goes a long way. And, and again, don't beat yourself up. This episode is all about if you are a quote unquote late bloomer where you felt like, you know, life got in the way and you just didn't put as much aside as you should have or whatever the case is. And again, oftentimes you come in for a review and many people more times than not actually find out they're in better shape than they realize, even if you do think you're a late bloomer. So these are right. some little tips, little things where maybe, you know, you could make a few tweaks. Sometimes, Mike, just a few tweaks goes a long way, like maybe downsizing the house, right? That's another place where, now granted right now in this, uh, you know, housing environment, maybe that's not, (laughs) you might get top dollar for it, but you might also be paying top dollar, but that's still a place where some people may want to look at that. Yeah, we see that. You grew up with, you know, raising, you know, three, you know, two or three kids and you had this, uh, you know, four or five bedroom home and you're like, we don't need this big home anymore. And they're finding out their kids don't want to have as big of families as you had. And so we're seeing these this younger generation say uh, they might not have any kids. They might have one. So right. grandkids hopefully will be in the picture, but a lot of times they're not. So you're like, do I need this 3,000 or 4,000 square foot home anymore? No. And it's a lot to take care of. Or, or maybe they were out in the country and then some acreage and it's just too much work to do all that upkeep uh, with the lawn and with the trees and with the leaves and with whatever that might entail. So uh, I think 
maybe your house is top dollar today, you know, five hundred, six hundred thousand dollars, you can still get a nice home for a hundred to two hundred thousand dollars less. And what do you do with that money? Well that mm. goes in your retirement plan. You can't stick that money to an IRA, but you can put it into another retirement account and let that money work for you and that might make your retirement plan solvent by just downsizing. Or what we're seeing also is, you know, people here in the Midwest, Minnesota, Wisconsin they're going to South Dakota. Um, South really? Dakota, zero, zero tax rates. Mm. So just making that difference of saving 75 to almost 6% in state taxes um, makes a huge difference in their plan or they're moving to Florida or, or some of the other states that might be low or no tax rates. So that will make a huge difference in not just downsizing, but also even selling your home in the upmarket here and getting a better value in South Dakota, the house, housing prices aren't anywhere close to where they are here right, in yeah. the Minneapolis area. Now, that's a great point as well because you know you, there's a great place to opp- opportunity to maybe uh, put some money into those accounts or you know, like you said, it's not what you make, it's what you keep. So always tax efficiency has always got to be a key, especially as we're getting closer to retirement and just about every angle we're looking at. And if you're not having those conversations, you certainly are maybe not being served the way you should be. So last one, Mike, that I'll bring up on this before we take a few email questions is, you know, we talk often on these types of shows about, hey, if you get to retirement and you still want to work because you just want to work, that's fantastic. But maybe you're a late bloomer and you kind of need to work, but it doesn't necessarily mean you have to do that full career that you were always at or maybe the job you can't stand anymore, it could be just enough to supplement the maybe the shortfall you may have by just doing something part-time or some consulting or or maybe right. you finally got a chance to do, you're really good with building birdhouses and you want to sell them on <laughs> Etsy or something. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes just those that little part-time income goes a long way. Sure. Um, yeah, somebody sells maybe essential oils or something like that, home-based business. But some people said, let me just work at a coffee shop or a gift shop. Golf course, um, whatever. Yeah, I have one of my clients, he doesn't need to work, but he works like two days a week, golf course. He goes, then I get the golf free whenever exactly. I want. And I enjoy just being outside cutting lawn. You know, I, I do it two days a week, early mornings. I get my full day because I get up early. I, I've cut the lawn. I'm, I'm done before noon. And, you know, so by adding that extra maybe 500 net, $1,000 net a month makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like a lot of the clients I'm, I'm working with, you know, we're talking about the baby boomer generation. They have a work ethic. And they're like, what am I going to do at home? Just sit around and do nothing? <laughs> I said, I, I like to work. And, you know, even though my job is stressful and my boss I don't like anymore, you know, because they're half my age and, and you know, You're whatever right, it might yeah. be. What, we hear the stories, right? Uh, they said, I just want to do something that's just really low stress. And I just get out of the house and, and do something and feel like I'm uh, I'm helping society. And they have a lot to you know, to do, and they have a lot to show the younger generations what a work ethic is and how you provide customer service to people. I think it's great. Um, get that part-time job, and maybe you only do it for two years, maybe five years. But um, whatever you want to do, get out and do it, and it'll make your retirement plan even more solvent. Exactly. So a little twilight career could be on the horizon uh, for the cash or just for the you know the camaraderie sometimes. It's just getting out there oh, for that as well. Exactly. So, yeah. Well, great stuff here on the podcast. Again, don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart, Stitcher. You can find all of the information at principalpreservationservices.com. That's Mike's website, principalpreservationservices.com. And drop us an email if you'd like as well. We take the on the show from time to time. So we got a couple this week as we wrap up and finish up this episode. Mike, we got Elizabeth who says, I have a pension fund from a previous job in a different state that's just been sitting for years. I have the option to take the lump sum and invest the money myself 
or I could just leave it there and get the monthly pension when I retire. What's your thoughts? Well, have a review done. And I think that's the key is we don't just make assumptions that the lump sum's the best. Sometimes it is, or the monthly pension's the best. Uh, we want to f- find out, Elizabeth, okay, are you married? You know, what is the benefit if you took it off your life? But remember, if you just take the pension off of your life, if you pass, nobody gets anything. It doesn't even go to your kids. So if you're single, sometimes we're seeing the lump sum might be a better option because if something happens to you, at least the if there's any remaining balance, if you put that money to an IRA instead, would go to your, your kids, your beneficiaries. Now, if you're married, you, there's usually an option where the spouse can get you know, 100% of your benefit, but they give you a reduced amount or 50%, whatever that might be. We just want to make sure what is going to be the right plan for you. What we're finding here in this last couple of years is they're giving a bigger lump sum than they used to because they want this pension money off their books and they're just wanting you to take control. Usually what we show, if you're going to get at least a, you know, a 4% or higher rate return, uh, on these lump sums, you're going to do better than what the pension was anyways. So, But the key is just having a review. Find out what's best best for your plan. Absolutely. And thanks for reaching out and submitting the question. We certainly appreciate Elizabeth. And if you need to, just give Mike a call at 855-987-8888. Let's see what Oren's got for you. He says, Mike, for years I've had half my money with one broker and half with somebody else. They're both nice guys, and I thought it would be good to get advice from two different people. Uh, but now it's just getting confusing. <laughs> so am I better <laughs> off to have it all in one place? Yeah, I imagine that probably would get a little confusing. Yeah, and I uh, I would recommend having one place because you go to one advisor and he's going to tell you his ideas and his strategy. You go to another one, uh, they're going to have a different strategy, and neither one of them are going to endorse the other. <laughs> they're, you know, so you're probably you're not just talking, gonna, right? Yeah, they're not talking. They're not collaborating together. They're not happy that you have half your money with one and half with the other. And when it really comes down to strategies, I think you're hurting yourself, Oren, because you're not going to get a clear picture, a clear retirement plan. I think it's by somebody who has uh, the whole bottle of wax in front of them to be able to work with you instead of saying, okay, uh, this year I think you should take the money from, you know, broker B over there across the river because it'd be a better situation to do it. I don't want to, I don't want you to take your RMDs or distributions from this account. And then he's going to say the opposite. It's going to be a lot clearer picture if you can have it in one place and have a, a unbiased plan yeah. put together. You know, I think a lot of times we think about second opinions. Nothing wrong with getting a second opinion, and maybe that's how this started. Who knows? But you know, if you're working with an advisor and you want to get a second opinion, do so. I, I think just having two different firms working on this, yeah, can get very confusing, and it's only going to get worse as you get closer to retirement or into retirement because there's so many more facets to deal with. And uh, I think that's a great point as well is that they're not going to be really talking to each other to communicate. And it's different, Mike, than having like a team, right? So like having a financial team, because if you're working with an advisor who maybe is bringing in a CPA or an elder law attorney, something like that, that's totally different. Exactly. And what we're finding is about 95% of advisors are just in the investment selling business. They're not doing any planning. They're not They're not pulling in social security reports. They're not pulling mm-hmm. in tax reports. They're not pulling in RMD distribution reports and tax bracketing and just trying to figure out what is the best plan for you. It's, it's not going to be possible when you're working with uh, two people and your money's there, your money's here. And sometimes, you know, we see people when they come in here, they, they don't show us everything they have because of well, this money's here and it's staying there. And I said, that's fine, but it's going to hinder our planning for you. Yeah. And he does mention one broker. So it could also just be a situation where this, it's an accumulation only type of advisor uh, where yeah. they're just, you know, looking to, to grow the money. And that's a totally different animal. And there's nothing wrong with that. But growing the money is a lot different than actually, you know, 
preserving it <laughs> and keeping it through <laughs> retirement. There's a lot of other things going on there. So good luck with that, Oren. Reach out to Mike, have a conversation. Uh, again, find him online at principalpreservationservices.com where he sent the email and you can always set up some time to talk with him or call him at 855-987-8888. Uh, last one here is Mary. She says, Mike, we've never lived on a budget our entire lives. My husband is very resistant to having a budget once we retire, but without one, how do we make sure we don't run out of money 10 years or whatever before we die? She's bringing out the B word. Nobody likes mm-hmm. the B word, Mike. Nobody does, but really that's the basics, you know, foundation, you know, for your retirement planning is, you know, we want to know income, at, you know, that's coming in, social security, pensions, investment income, but we also want to know what's the output, you know, what what are you paying in your bills? And it was obviously very nice to live without a budget for many years. So your income was obviously high enough to not have to worry about it. But what we're finding is, you know, your income is going to be lower in retirement for most people. You know, Social Security is not going to pay what you're getting paid. So you have two Social Securities. You might have a pension. You might not. Most people are, their income is cut down by 50 to, you know, maybe 25 to 50 percent of what they were making. So you want to make sure you are living within your means. Now, things do change like we talked about earlier. Maybe your house is going to be paid off and it wasn't paid off while you're working and other debts are paid off. So that frees up cash flow. You're not contributing to your investments, which frees up cash flow. But getting a budget in place is going to give you a good idea how long your money is going to last. We just... You know, we do planning and we actually had a meeting this morning before this podcast with a couple of the guys in the office going through some planning. We're helping people. And um, this one client has a lot of expenses and they want to spend a lot of money. They're kind of living <laughs> uh, kind of free will with their expenses and they're going to run them <laughs> up money in uh. their mid 80s. And with really good income, they're going to run out of money. Uh, well, their good income today, but in retirement, they don't want to change their spending and it's going to shorten the life of their money. You might live till you know late 80s, 90s, uh, but running out of money mid 80s is not a great no. you know, outlook you know for your money because you could retire at 65 and it's going to last less than 20 years. You might have another 10 or 15 years of life after that. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I mean, nobody wants to. I mean, I get it, Mike. Nobody wants to go backwards with their lifestyle when they get to retirement, right? You want to maintain the lifestyle that you've had, but right. you also have to look at the numbers. And and if you are, and again, this episode has been about maybe being a late bloomer or a little bit behind the eight ball. If you are, then you do have to look at maybe making some adjustments or using some of the things that we talked about as a way to kind of catch up that shortfall. So there's lots of answers out there, but you got to do yourself the favor to find out what those answers are. And for many people, they just, they're very hesitant to do so. So again, we hope you enjoyed the podcast. Uh, If you haven't reached out to Mike, feel free to consider doing so. Uh, Stop by the website, principalpreservationservices.com. That's principalpreservationservices.com. Of course, you're already working with Mike. You can still catch these episodes. There's always good nuggets of information on there. Just stop by the website, subscribe to us on Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart, Stitcher, whatever platform you like to use. Find it all at principalpreservationservices.com. Mike, thanks for hanging out with me. Thanks for having me again on the show. I hope you have a fantastic holiday, and uh, maybe I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, you do the same, Mark, and I appreciate the uh, hosting this. did a great job. You have a great Thanksgiving. Thanks so much, and we'll see you next time here on the Reality Retirement Podcast with Mike Coynan. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.